0: In the Beatitudes, this afternoon, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, persecuted for righteousness sake. As we've been doing in this series, we're going to look at definitions and descriptions. Blessed or blessed, it means happy. Happy are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Well, why would anyone be happy when they're persecuted? For any sake but especially for righteousness' sake? Well, He answers it. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Oh, well, in that case. See, sometimes when we're persecuted, does it hurt when you're persecuted for being right? Does it it bother you? Yes or no? Yeah, I mean, you know, you're like... If you're like me, and I figure you are, I mean, I worship with the church on Sunday. I gave of my means. I've prayed. I sung psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I made melody in my heart. I don't do all the sins. I don't do this, I don't do that. I don't do this, I don't do that. I'm trying to live right. And I get this. If you're like me, you've probably, if you didn't say it out loud, you've probably said it to yourself. I thought I was supposed to be, you know, or Brother Mickey said I would be blessed. But but we're blessed when we're persecuted. And sometimes we think we're going to be blessed when we live right. And that's true. We are blessed when we live right. But Jesus here says we're we're also blessed when we live right and suffer for it. And he even tells us if we are persecuted for being right or doing right or for Christ Jesus, he said we should be happy because the kingdom of heaven is ours. It belongs to us. And so we're looking, right now we feel the pain But we have to look past the pain to the eternal pleasure, the eternal abode, the eternal home that we're going to have in heaven. So happy, blessed means happy. I can can find happiness even in the midst of feeling bad. Because, well, who else was persecuted for righteousness' sake? Can you think of anybody? Uh, Jesus Was he ever persecuted for righteousness' sake? Uh, Paul, was he ever persecuted for righteousness' sake? Uh, Peter, was he ever persecuted? I mean, we could go through all the apostles and all of those who were disciples in the Bible. I was thinking in preparing my mind for this lesson about Lazarus, Jesus' friend whom he raised from the dead. And people were amazed after Lazarus died, been in the grave for four days. Jesus, remember, commanded the stone be rolled away and says, Lazarus, come forth, and he came out alive. And we find, what did the religious leaders of that day, what were they planning to do to Lazarus right after that? Kill him. For what reason? What... Even the, the Roman leaders, and when Jesus was being tried during that monk trial at night, if you call it a trial, really wasn't a trial. It was all a farce. It was just some, them railroading Jesus is what they did. But even Pilate said, when he heard the crowd crucify him, crucify him, even Pilate said, why, what evil has he done? I find no fault in him. All that he's ever said and done is right. You, you people are crying out to kill him? Why? Well, persecuted for righteousness' sake. We're blessed. Why? Jesus was. Paul was. Peter was. Timothy was. Silas was. I mean, we could just keep going down the line. And we could say, Lewis was, Diane was, Becky was, Ricky was, Mike was. And so, you know what, if they could put your name or mine, if we could put your name or mine in that list of being persecuted for righteousness' sake, would we be in a pretty good group of people? So, when when I'm thinking about this, If I'm not being persecuted for righteousness' sake, what's that say about me? Am I really being the man I need to be, or you, the woman or man you need to be? Because we live in a world where these are tough times, happy. So when I'm persecuted for righteousness' sake, I should say, hmm, I must be doing something right. Or people wouldn't care. They just look over me. But I must be living in a different way than the world. Happy, well-off, blessed, or you're well-off. You're fortunate. So happy, fortunate, well-off. Definitions of the word blessed. Now, definitions of what it means to be persecuted. I looked that word up. It's from the Latin, meaning to pursue intensively. So somebody's after you. Has anybody ever been after you? Uh, a few weeks ago on the news, there was a lady. They interviewed her. And she only said a few words. But this, they put a microphone. And she was the ex-wife of this man who had just committed three murders... And the police, fortunately, took him down. And so when the news came out that the murderer had been killed, they found his ex-wife and said, what do you think? She said, last night was the first night's sleep I've ever gotten in peace. I've been afraid for my life and living in different states trying to escape the notice of my ex-husband. That's persecuted. When you can't, even now, sitting in the church, you're looking over your shoulder. I remember Cindy, as she called me one day, they had, uh, had an employee where she worked at one time that had caused some problems, uh, some serious problems in the in the in the office. Like serious problems where you should be, you should take note of it. Uh, haven't we heard recently? I mean, I mean, down through the months and years, about uh, disgruntled employees coming back to the place and looking for the boss and, and whoever was, had told on them or whatever and, and committing crimes. And Cindy Collins said, you know, we have a sheriff deputy sitting outside the office now. And he's going to be out there for several days. And we've already been told, uh, be on the lookout. And I'm like, oh. That's what it feels like. Just a little bit. In this, the where this word "persecuted" comes from, it means to be pursued, chased after, intensively, where you can't get a moment's rest. When you stop, they start breathing down your neck, if it, as it were. I think of uh, the children of Israel when they had left Egyptian bondage for four hundred years. And they approached the Red Sea. remember that? And Moses was looking at the Red Sea, and it's full of water. And what could they hear in the background? The rumble of the horses and the chariots of the army of Egypt coming after them. Imagine how that feels to have the Red Sea in front of you and the armies behind you, and they're stampeding towards you. Almost seeing the dust come up from the desert. What shall we do? What shall we do? That's the meaning of what it means to be, that's the what it means to be persecuted, to be followed, pursued intensively, to be harassed or oppressed. You know, uh, I don't know if we're still in it, but we've sort of been in this me too movement. Have you heard about? You heard that uh, phraseology to where for years, especially women, but even some men, were being persecuted at work in the movie industry, in the, uh, in, with the gymnastics, with swimming in the uh, Olympics, different sports where coaches would, would harass or persecute players or uh, movie officials, the ones who held the money strings or the power strings, would persecute. In other words, they would, they would uh, harass or oppress them. And then when, the, when a woman or the person that's been persecuted would say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell on you. And then the person that was doing the harassing would say, Well, it's your word against mine, and I have the money, and I have the position. And some movie stars, some athletes would get blackballed, if you will. They would get Their oppression would lead to where they could not find a job because no one would hire them due to what they, the truth that they were telling. And finally, enough people got together to where society started to believe in all this was going on. And it's it's sad to be persecuted for being good. And you've probably, it could be some of you've been in a job where you've done all the work and your boss takes all the credit. Your boss tells you, here's what I want you to do. And you do all of that labor... Turn it in, and when, when and you're sitting out in, at, with the staff meeting, and the boss takes all the credit for all that you've done. Oppression, harassment, to be pursued intensively. That's what it means to be persecuted. And think about how that feels, how afraid you are, how nervous you get, how you, you, you can't hardly find a moment's peace. It also means to bother persistently. I remember I I have an older sister and, you know, my mother always gave her the responsibility. Now, Kathy, take care of your brothers. And, you know, three boys, we knew how to persecute, uh, pursue intensively, to harass and oppress each other. Even to the point where my mom would say, I don't want any boy touching any other boy. And you know what we'd do, you know? I'm not touching you. I mean, some of you probably have tried that. And that's, nobody was touching anybody, but that was certainly harassment. You know, it's, it's that idea of, I broke a good windshield out of a car one time trying to kill a mosquito. I mean, let me tell you, a mosquito can harass you. And if there's one within an acre, it will find me. I don't know about how it is with you. Some people, they don't bother. I think mosquito comes to you and says, oh, he's one of us. I don't, but to me, I don't know, they just like me. I don't like them very much. Harassment. Persecution. Okay, so I hope that's gone a long way of helping us understand the feeling, and I probably didn't even need to say any of that because you know how it feels to be persecuted. When I was in high school, we had one of our, uh, he's about two years older than me, maybe three, and He was the school bully. I never wanted... I mean, if he was coming down the hall, you hoped that he didn't pick you out. He pinched me one time. You ever been pinched on the back of your arm? I'm at my locker. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, please, just don't notice me. And all of a sudden he just pinched my arm and I didn't even move or flinch and he walked on by and I felt good. That's all I get. I wasn't bullied very much but persecuted. There are persecutors. I always talk to my children and I hope all of you will do this. Jenny, you know, you and Eric Make sure you talk to them. Tell me what happened at school. Who are your friends? What happened today? Is it okay? Make sure you know how they feel. Because a lot of times children won't tell us if they're being bullied or persecuted at school. They won't. And sometimes a bully or a persecutor will put that fear in a person. Even in an adult. At work, you better not say anything or else. And so, for fear, and so I always talk to our children and now our grandchildren tell me about your friends, tell me, and I even ask them point blank, does anyone bully you? And of course, they say no. I say, well, let me rephrase it. Does anyone laugh at you for what you do or for making grades? Does anyone like thump your head or thump your ears or or kick you, or, you know, they'll answer the questions. And then I, I asked one more question. You're not a bully, are you? Because <laughs> I didn't want uh, men. Our son was maybe five years old, and he came in from school, kindergarten, with a busted lip. And I said, son, how did you get that busted lip? It's the first week of school. He said, a boy hit me. I said, really? And then he, he thought he was in trouble. He said, but Daddy, but Daddy, you know, I was like, well, wait just a minute. When he hit you, what did you do? He said, I hit him back. I said, where? He said, the same place he hit me. Then he thought, I'm in trouble. I, he said, but Daddy, he was hitting everybody. I said, well, what did he do when you hit him back? He stopped. And those two boys were best friends. And I'm not saying we need to. How we need to do and how we should defend ourselves, because as Christians we have a defense, which is Christ, and we have ways And I don't want to get into all of those ways I always taught my children I teach my grandchildren now Go to an adult Go to a teacher Don't take matters into your own hands Because it could get worse Just go to an adult and tell them In our school systems nowadays I think in in a long way We've come a long way To taking serious those kinds of uh, voices And teachers won't just now just Abandon the child Now we take serious those things I know our daughter teaches fourth grade And she has to keep a record Of everything that happens Every person that comes and tells on someone She keeps a written record of all of that And I'm, I'm happy about that And she complains about it But I say, but honey Just think about if you're a parent of that child We want a record of what's happened Persecuted You've probably been through it. I've probably been through it. In one way or the other. You know that old, sta- that old statement, sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. Is that true? That is not true. Now it's true, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will certainly hurt, hurt you. That's the reason if we follow the teachings of the Scriptures... As Christians, the only words that would proceed out of our mouth are words that are graceful, that are building up and not tearing down. Words that are good. And the man that's standing in front of you has not always followed the right way. There are many many times that I've said the wrong thing with the wrong spirit at the wrong time. And I want to apologize for that before God and any anyone even here who might have said, you know, Mickey's really hard <laughs> just a human just like you. Only Jesus, right? Only Jesus lived his life and though tempted in every way was without sin. Now what it means, what does it mean to be persecuted For righteousness' sake. Okay, now he's not talking about blessed are those who are persecuted for being sinful and mean. Because if you're unkind, sinful and mean, you deserve what you get. If you break the law and you're you're caught and punished for it, well, that's the way it should be. Justice has been brought. I remember when I preached in the prison ministry back in Alabama years ago, there was a young man, he and his brother had double dated, and his brother had uh, taken something that caused him to pass out. And so this young man dropped his brother off, dropped his date off, and then took his brother's date home and violated her uh, and left her in the pouring down rain out in the country after he had taken his pocket knife and slit her neck. When he came home, his mother saw where he had undressed in his bloody clothes and call the police. When they finally sobered him up enough, he took the police officer to where, after several hours of looking, where the young lady was left. She was still alive. She was holding her neck. And she survived. Testified against him. And they gave him three life sentences. He was 18 years old. And I had the opportunity to study with him over a period of time and baptize him into Christ. His court date came and they found him guilty of all three charges and sentenced him to three life sentences. And he came back and he said... Brother Mickey, I don't understand. I became a Christian. And I said, yes, you did, and God has forgiven you. But this is the state of Alabama. And I said, did you commit these crimes? He said, yes. I said, then you have to pay for the crimes you committed. We're not talking about being persecuted for being a criminal. Criminals have to serve their time and pay their punishment. If you drive too fast and you're pulled over and you get a citation, did you break the law? Yes. Why shouldn't you have to pay the fine? It's... So God is not talking about us being blessed because we're persecuted for unrighteousness' sake. If we're unrighteous and we are suffering for it, why are we crying, complaining, whining? I remember one of the lessons my little granddaughter learned at daycare. If you you were good... You get to get a present out of the treasure box at the end of the day. And parents would bring in all sorts of little toys and and you you could just stick your hand in there without seeing it and pull out a toy. And the rule was you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. The same is true in living life. You get what you get, and you don't pitch a fit. But Jesus is saying there are times where in your Christian life, you're going to live just like God would have you live and still suffer. He did, and so will we. It's just the way the world is, a sinful world that we live in. So, for righteousness' sake means the purpose of those who would persecute us is because we're doing right. So, they find that we are doing what we need to do, that we are kind, but we're laughed at. That we're helpful to someone, or we're rescuing someone, but people reject us. I mean, you don't have to be in school long to where you figure that out. I know I hear that from my children and grandchildren. Well, if you play with her, you, won't, you can't be my friend. And my little Lily says, well, can't I be both of your friends and we all three play together? Oh, no. You either play with me or you play with her. Where do children learn this Uh. You know where they learned it as well as I do. You go to the zoo, you see, go in the tiger pen, and there's a male tiger and a female tiger. And they have two little cubs, tiger cubs. Well, how does a tiger become a tiger? Because it's mama and daddy are tigers. Where do you think Cain came up with his temperament? Well, he had Adam and Eve for parents. I've read recently about uh, one of the children of Israel, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Gad, Judah. And how, and I think it's Genesis 38... Judah's the one who had the idea of killing Joseph. Judah's the one who, whose first son, the only thing we know about him, is his name and the fact that God killed him because he was wicked. And the second son, the only thing we know, knew about him is he did wickedness and God killed him. I wonder where those boys who were wicked learned their wickedness. Their daddy. He taught them well. How many kings do we... Well, we could get into that all day long. A tiger has tigers for parents. Be careful that you're not a tiger. Be a... I was going to say be a sloth. But see, that'd be laziness. Be someone kind and good and gentle. Be someone that strives for intelligence and learning. Be someone who promotes godly living and a godly lifestyle. Be someone who, when they say yes, they mean yes. And when they say no, they mean no. Be someone like that. And then you'll find that your children will follow in your footsteps. Do our children make mistakes? Yes. Do they always follow the training we give them? No. But the Bible assures me, and I have faith in it, that when we train up a child in the way they should go, even when they're old, they will not depart from it. And I have confidence that God is telling me the truth. And I just need to bring them up when they're under my, under my authority and then pray for them when they're out of, into adulthood. My children have not always lived the way they should. I'm thankful that right now, everything is all right. I don't know when that will change, but Cindy and I surely do a lot of praying for them. And I know you do, you do yours too. In Romans chapter 12, I, I think on the overhead it says chapter 2, it's chapter 12, verses 17 through 21, God tells us that when we are persecuted for righteousness' sake, to not take revenge ourselves. To not strike back ourselves. That we need to pray for those who are persecuting us. And then God says this, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. And so I think, you know, when When someone persecutes me for me doing the best I can as a Christian or a gospel preacher, instead of lashing back, and I don't always do this, but I certainly want to, there's times that I do and there's times that I don't. Sometimes I lash back, do you? And then I regret it afterwards and apologize and repent of it before God. But there's sometimes I don't. And I say, God, lay not this sin to their charge. They don't know what they're doing. And you know, when you say that, or if I say that, aren't we more like our Lord then than any, any other time? Didn't He say that on the cross? Lord, forgive them, they do not know what they do. What power did Jesus have on the cross? Did He have twelve legions of angels ready and waiting? All He had to do is give them a notice. And boy, those 12 legions of angels would have been down on this earth kicking more people than you could ever kick for what, they, what human beings were doing to their Savior and to the Son of God. But yet he didn't. He, did, he, he, he said, no, just wait. I'm doing this for them. They just don't know it. So we can pray. God, and even God, I say, God, I know vengeance is yours, but please lay not their sin to their charge. I could give you instances where I myself had been persecuted and prayed for my persecutor and then witnessed their life down through the weeks and months to follow and see God work in their lives. Some of them in a very positive way. Some of them I prayed for all the time because they went down a road that was a hard road to go down we have to learn and God's willing to teach us so God will right every wrong we don't have to write it ourselves God will write it you know that man I was talking about that pinched me on the back of the arm just a few years later I was probably 25 saying I've been married maybe four or five years And I read in the newspaper where he had been murdered. Someone had caught him and put two bullets in the back of his head. And then I said, he bullied the wrong people. There is always someone greater, someone tougher, someone bigger. Don't ever think that you can be bigger than God. I don't want to fall into his hands, because the Bible says it's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of the living God. But I certainly want to just climb into his hands and let him carry me in this life. Do you ever receive pain for doing right? Yes, we all do. In First Corinthians chapter eleven, verse twenty-two through twenty nine, the apostle Paul gives a list of Of all the ways he had suffered After he became a Christian All the times he had been beaten Scourged Whipped The times he had been stoned Shipwrecked He talks about the care of all of the Christians That had come to know Christ Through him and the burden that he bore As a Christian, he said, I've been perils in front of my enemies, and I've been perils in front of my friends. Paul didn't know who was a friend and who was a foe. And oftentimes that's right where you work, isn't it? Maybe where you live, where you don't know who to trust. Some people have a bouquet in one hand and a sharp knife in the other. Paul gives a list of all the times he had suffered. When we suffer, we're in good company. Have you ever been hated simply because you're right? I mean, you know, you're the one right. And people can't stand it. Try every way in the world to still be right when they're wrong. I've had scriptural debates with preachers, youth ministers, elders, deacons, educated scholarly people and held the Bible in front of them and say, explain this verse only to have them not be able to do it. And then gnash their teeth at me so angry. And I said, don't be angry at me. Turn it to yourself. Believe the truth. I got a call from one of my elders not too long ago in another congregation who said, Mickey, you know, I never have told you this, but I want to tell you now. You know all the things that you said when we departed from here and you moved away? All those things you said, you were right. It's in those situations. I said, you know, there are times that I'm right, and I don't want to be right. I'd rather not be right about this. But right is right, whether it's painful or pleasurable. He said, you know, we, we all thought you were wrong. But as it turned out, everything you said was true. And we only found out two months after you'd gone that all the things you said were true. And we're, we're apologizing for what happened. I said, it's okay. God is taking care of me and you. Persecuted for righteousness' sake. In John chapter 19, verses 1 through 16... Read about what Jesus had to go through on that terrible day when he was crucified. How the soldiers took him and laughed at him, blindfolded him, said to him after they struck him on the face or struck him on a part of his body and said, If you are a prophet, tell us who it is that struck you. Ha, 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 ha. He said nothing. They took it and plaited a crown of thorns and put it down on his head where the blood ran down his face. Spit in his face. I have never been spit upon. But I would think that would probably make you or me as mad as you could be. Just have somebody look at you and just spit right in your face. Some of you probably have experienced that and know what comes over you and the discipline you have to have to keep from just turning it loose. They did that to our Lord. And then they took Him and nailed Him, after scourging Him, nailed Him to a cross. Can you imagine... Suffering 39 licks. I mean, I think the most I ever disciplined my children was maybe two or three. I would think three would just be terrible punishment. Two medium, one light. And sometimes I think they'd rather have that than a, than a lecture. 39 licks it was always the Roman law of, of 40 stripes save one the law said you could give a person 40 licks but they would usually only give you 39 just in case the person, the soldier doing the whipping missed a missed, a, missed count so they'd go 39 that we wouldn't break the law but they found a way to give you more punishment. So they would take the whip and call it a scourge. The whip would have one handle. But then the whip itself would be three or four or seven different lashes. So you understand when you hold one handle and you whip the person, they're really getting ever how many lashes there are on the end of the whip. But they only counted as one. So they even find a way to to persecute you for righteousness sake even worse. Like our Lord had to endure. You ever been ridiculed? Mistreated? What about isolated? Maybe they don't do anything to you. They just don't talk to you anymore. I remember standing in line at a restaurant, Cindy and I. And we had this great conversation with this couple in front of us, you know, until they asked me what I did for a living. And I should have said sales, but I said I'm a gospel preacher. And you would have thought that it was like some curse. This couple just turned their backs to me. No more. There's all forms of being persecuted I look at Cindy and say What did I say? Well, you told them you were a gospel preacher That was enough You tell someone in your office I'm a Christian Sometimes you're marked Don't invite her Don't invite him We can't have any fun with them there and how does that make you feel, Will it? Blessed are you when you are persecuted for righteousness sake. Look at Psalm 30, and that's our last text for today. Psalm 30: "I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up, and I have not let my foe and have not let my foes rejoice over me." O Lord, my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. O Lord, you brought me, my soul, up from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holy name. For His anger is but for a moment, His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. If that doesn't give us hope, nothing will. When we are persecuted for righteousness' sake, let us rejoice. Let us pray for those who would hurt us, or revile us, or talk bad about us, or poison us. Not literally, but figuratively. Let's do good and pray for them simply because our God and Father holds in His hand the vengeance that's coming to all of those who refuse to repent. Let us be like Jesus to say, Lord, I'm thinking, Jesus, this really hurt When they whipped me, it really hurt. When they put that crown of thorns on me, it really hurt. When they called me every kind of name in the book and cursed me and spat upon me, oh, it hurt. Forgive them. Wow. For they do not know what they're doing. God knows and God sees and he will bless you and me for living a righteous life thank you for your patience thank you for your time this afternoon and hearing this message about what it means to be persecuted and how to live through it to be a better man, a better woman better boy, a better girl so much to say but we'll quit here Things are not right between you and God. Don't leave here with things wrong. If there's sin in your life, Jesus died that your sins may be forgiven. We stand ready to help you if you'll come as we stand together and sing.